Good afternoon, Endicott. My name is Shannon. And I'm Megan, and you're listening to Flick Chicks on EC Radio at Endicott College. Today's episode is a very special because it's National College Radio Day. Woo! Yay! If you're listening on campus, come on down to Lower Callahan and take a look at the EC Radio Station. They're playing music right outside and offering some Dunkin' Donuts, although there's not too much left. Uh, speaking of EC Radio outside, if you hear any uh, music playing <laughs> during this show, uh, don't mind it. It's just the EC Radio people. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, on this blustery October day, we'll be talking about the best, worst, and overall lack of college movies and TV shows. We'll also discuss this week in pop culture, including the latest fall TV releases, movie trailer drops, and Hollywood drama. And at the end of the show, you'll hear a detailed review of the September release, It Chapter 2. Let's begin with Megan in the pop culture update. Okay, here we go, my very first pop culture update. So, we're going to start with fall TV. Ooh. So, um, on September 27th, Netflix dropped their newest original series, The Politician, starring Ben Platt, who uh, starred in Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway, Gwyneth Paltrow, and the show itself was created by Ryan Murphy, who also directed Glee, uh, American Horror Story, Pose, etc. American Crime Story. American Crime Story. Yeah, Assassination of Gianna Versace. Yeah. Ins- indeed. So, um, the show itself has gotten a lot of mixed reviews. Um, it's hitting people very differently. I think a lot of people think it's shallow and kind of... Um, I don't know, it's inaccurate, because it's about rich kids, you know? (laughs) So it's, I I should probably give the premise. So it's about Ben Platt, um, his character wants to be president of the United States, and so first needs to win the presidential election of his high school. And so it's all these very rich, privileged kids trying (laughs) to um, play this dirty politics game. Gossip girl. (laughs) XOXO gossip girl. (laughs) Um, so I've gotten through about half of it. I just finished episode five, and I think I like it. I don't know. It reminds me of Glee a little bit. It's a little cringy sometimes, but I, it's interesting, and I think that's all that matters, right? It's just the hooking you in. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know if Shannon will like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, next we have Big Mouth. Woohoo! So the highly anticipated release of season three uh drops today october 4th uh it's out on netflix the show is created by comedians nick kroll and andrew goldberg it also features john mulaney our favorite (laughs) uh maya rudolph and fred armison um are we excited i'm ecstatic a truly star-studded cast it truly is it's so hilarious if you've never watched big mouth I highly, highly recommend. Highly recommend. It's it's a little r- raunchy. Yeah, it's raunchy. It's vulgar. It's all of the worst things, but it's also so relatable. So relatable, especially <laughs> to college kids. If you've never watched it, it's about these middle schoolers just going through changes. I guess mm-hmm. they're growing up, going through puberty, and it's it's hilarious. It's all the relatable content that no one wants to talk about, but like exactly, it's so relatable. It makes you so uncomfortable because it's so accurate. Yeah. Um, so the trailer ju- uh, dropped recently, I guess, um, and it's showing some new character relationships, 
uh, some female power yeah. stances, and um, even a queer eye cameo. Which is an interesting. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, it's I'm an excited. Interesting switch of worlds. We'll get back to queer eye. <laughs> But lastly, for TV, uh, Stranger Things 4 dropped a teaser trailer on Monday. Um, it was very brief. Uh, just showed, you know, the upside down as usual. But with the tagline, we're not in Hawkins anymore, what do you think about that? Um, I think it would be very interesting if they took it to the approach of bringing them to wherever Will and his family moved. And they brought it, like, outside of the town <gasps> oh, of Hawkins. Because yeah. I know him in Eleven they dipped out of Hawkins, and I'd oh, like to right. see a little exploration of somewhere that's not the ch- location we've had the past Exactly, few, and, and few you know, if you haven't watched Stranger Things 3, spoilers, but um, do we know where Hopper is? I mean, mm. is he in jail? Is he in the Upside Down? There's no way he's he's not. Where is he? So I guess we need to follow him, I find guess we'll out. see. So Winona Ryder can finally be happy for <laughs> once. For an episode, then Poor she's back to crying. So next on our pop culture update, we're going to talk about some movie trailers. Uh, first, we'll talk about Birds of Prey, which is a Warner Brothers DC movie about um, Harley Quinn. Uh, yes. Margot Robbie reprises her role as Harley Quinn. Um, it takes place, uh, I don't know, I guess after Suicide Squad. The, the oh, really? Mainly it's about um, Harley Quinn breaking up with the Joker and her quote-unquote emancipation. Um, you know, it's featuring Ewan McGregor, one of Shannon's favorites. I love Ewan McGregor. least favorites. She's uncultured, I guess. I don't like Ewan. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks interesting. Um, I'm very hesitant about superhero movies, so I don't know Especially how DC. Especially <laughs> DC. I can't say many good things about DC. But they're on a good roll. After Shazam, Shaz- I'm expecting a lot. Shazam was the best. And um, Wonder Woman. That was yeah, and Margot Robbie always kills it. She does. So it, it might be okay. Uh, it's featuring some superheroes such as Black Canary and The Huntress. Um, mm. So I'm seeing a lot of feminist themes, yeah. which is always something good. Should be interesting. Should be good. Um, so another movie that is similar to Birds of Prey, Joker. Uh, that trailer was released a long time ago, more mm-hmm. like late August, but um, it's about, obviously, the Joker. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin? Joaquin is playing the Joker. Um, so I'm wondering if that's going to have any connection to Birds of Prey, if they're going to oh, try and um, connect it, it like the Marvel Universe. I didn't even think about that. Um, another big part of the Joker is there's a lot of... Um, uh, worries about violence after yeah. the movie is going to be released because of what happened the last time a Batman movie was released. So that's never good. Yeah. I don't know. I think we're kind of evolved from that, though. Movies have been a lot more violent since the past yeah. Batman movie. So I think people are just crazy. Yeah. I don't think it's it's not the movie's fault. It, yeah. But, yeah. So that's that's movies. Um, so a few more points we have from this pop culture update. Next, we're going to talk about Shane Dawson. I don't know how many people out there watch Shane Dawson, but... A growing name in pop culture. Yes, he is, he is growing his yes. empire. So Shane just released on Wednesday, The Beautiful Life of Jeffree Star, an hour-long first part to yeah. a series where Shane is making his own makeup. Which is an interesting route for him, I it must is. say. It is. It's very interesting. 
um he's kind of built his like brand around like being gross like that's his thing so it's interesting. interesting so what do you think about the series so far um, I really enjoy it. I mean, we're not really into the real drama of making the product yet, which I think is going to be the more interesting bulk of it, but it's very well edited. Shane and Andrew, good job, boys. Andrew. Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, when you watch it, it feels very over-dramatized. A know? little. But I think it works for Shane because now that he's releasing so little content, when he went from releasing, like, videos a day to you know a video maybe every few months um i think anything we can get we'll take i really respect shane's evolution too he really went from like i used to watch his videos when i was like 12 and he's really just for funsies you know like he's like buying stupid products and using them and now he's like nearly a documentary maker he's basically a filmmaker and an editor indeed so Part two uh, drops today. Very exciting. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe yes. we'll follow up next week. Indeed. So uh, next we're going to talk about a sad, sad loss in uh, our community. Bruley the Queer Eye Dog died. So tragic. Uh, he was 10 years old, French bu- bulldog, French I bulldog, yeah. Um, I heard he had a heart attack. I heard that too, cardiac issues. Very upsetting. Very upsetting. He was so cute. I'm gonna miss him. He was such a little token character. I wonder if they're gonna get a new dog. I feel like I was thinking that too. I feel like that'd be kind of disrespectful. So I know maybe a corgi for uh, Anthony. (gasps) For Anthony, I'd love to see that. But R.I.P. Bruley. R.I.P. Bruley. We'll miss you. Uh, Our last point is one that Shannon recommended to me this morning, actually. So, last night was the London premiere of The King, which is a new uh, Netflix original movie starring Timothy Chalamet. That's right. Our man, Timothy, he was, he popped out with that sequined sweatshirt. He really went off. The black dress pants, the shiny black combat boots. He he popped off. Like, I have grown to detest that fabric where it's like the sequins that change colors because i've seen it on so many second graders and i'm sick of it but timothy really revived that fabric he revived it he changed and it his hair is just so luscious oh he was looking we're good. gonna pretend his girlfriend lily rose depp was not there i don't care about oh, her lily it's rose. all about timothy in my eyes it's all about timothy and he knows, timothy. he knows it he knows it he knows it so before i uh wrap up this pop culture update i just like to uh, give a little plug to the film club, the Endicott Film Club. Uh, this coming Wednesday, October 9th, we're having our first uh, movie screening of Shannon and I's favorite movie, Donnie Best Darko. Movie. So uh, you should go check it out. Mm-hmm. Do you know what, what room it's in? Mm-mm. Oh, I don't know either. Uh-oh. Well. Check the Insta. Check the Instagram, exactly. Uh, so Wednesday, October 9th, 7 to 10, come see Donnie Darko. Pop it out. is killer. I it promise you'll killer. love it. It is killer. We'll probably be there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, now, let's move on to today's topic, the mythology of college content. Yes. So, let's start. Why is there a lack of college content, Shannon? You know, it's a good question. It's uh, rarely, rarely asked. It's uh, only brought up when you watch Glee and you think... You know, Corey Monteith really doesn't look like a sophomore <laughs> in high school, so it really begs the question, why don't they make more college content for those actors to be in more age-appropriately? That's the question. Um, so when we talked about this, a good point Shannon made was that 
everyone's college experience varies a little bit. Quite a bit, depending uh, on the college you attend. Yeah, it depends on where you go and what mental state you're in. What your major is. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's hard to capture all of that in one movie. I think it would be a big taking yeah. for a, a director or a writer. Um, and, you know, there's so many high school movies, but I so think many. the high school experience can be tampered down to quite a few things. Even yeah. if it's over-dramatized. Like, first, first romance, like, first time you drive a car, first all this. Yeah, you know, all that awkward teenage stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I think college is almost boring. A little bit, yeah, in I've, the books. Yeah, I feel like as much as uh, college... As, as much as college movies emphasize, um, you know, the partying and all those aspects, it's really, during the week... It's not that entertaining. The majority of my time is spent walking, eating, and doing homework. Yeah. So. Lots and lots of homework. Yeah. And um, no one wants to see that. No. They would only show the weekends. Exactly. If they made an accurate Unless movie. you're literally Mark Zuckerberg and you're creating an app. <laughs> um, most yeah. of us aren't doing that. If you're, unless you're doing something actually interesting, then it would probably show... Your Saturday nights trying desperately to get into parties and being, <laughs> being turned away by seniors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's college. Um, and I think also there's more high school movies because the high school transformation is just so much more interesting. It is. From middle school to high school is such a big jump. Yeah, I mean, my freshman year of high school, I had no eyebrows <laughs> and uh, I had braces, no glasses, friends. no friends. <laughs> Uh, I would never have done a radio show. No, very introverted. Yeah, so things have changed a lot from yeah. my freshman year of high school to my freshman year of college, whereas I think the biggest changes will just be me getting a job, becoming more yeah. of an adult in my four years of college. So, yeah, the, yeah, it's definitely more interesting in high school. Even when you watch, like, old high school movies like John... John Hughes? Oh, yeah, John, John Hughes. John Hughes. Movies? You can even relate to it kind of nowadays. Like, high school really hasn't changed much except for maybe political correctness in some of those movies yeah. is questionable. Um, <laughs> pretty in pink. But, you know, I think even nowadays it's still relatable, whereas college probably wouldn't be as accurate anymore. No, definitely not. College has definitely changed over the last few years. Yeah. So, um, what does that mean for viewers of movies? You know, I think high schoolers don't really know what to expect going into college. I mean, you think you have a vague idea. Like, you watch Neighbors, and you're like, oh, I guess Zac Efron's going to be my frat king, <laughs> and then, I don't know. But it's kind of like you're going in a little blind, because you think you know what college is about, and you get here, and it is definitely not yeah. what you thought. And people always talk about, like, the expectations they have for high school and how it wasn't like that. People are always like oh, I thought that I was going to get to high school and everyone would be singing in the cafeteria. <laughs> like, obviously you didn't think that. Yeah, it's over-exaggerated. So, yeah, but for college you don't even have those, like, unrealistic expectations. There's not enough there. Yeah. Um, so it kind of leaves all of the college kids a little forgotten. You know, you go off to college and everything just goes on without you. Yeah, I also feel like a lot of college movies are kind of taboo, at least the ones that are out, because of the stigma of, like, partying and frats. Because a parent can watch a high school movie with their children and be like, oh, that's fun. But no parent wants wants to sit and watch, like, neighbors with their kid and be like, <laughs> yeah. mm, in a few like, years. Is this what college is like? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's definitely uh, not the same. And I think another thing with the partying is that it gives a really bad reputation to all the the frats and sororities because that's what most college movies revolve around. Yep. Neighbors, uh, Neighbors Blonde. Too. Yeah, like all that stuff revolves around the the antics of frats and sororities. Yeah. So not really good for them. No, it's not because I feel like some sororities I know of are very much not just about that no. there's a big emphasis on like the sisterhood yeah it's just kind of community. about getting friends and yeah. stuff like that but um there's also some some benefits of not having a lot of college movies that's true there are quite a few benefits because if you go in without thinking you're going to be one thing you're more likely to come into your own and figure exactly. out what you like there's no expectations for you to be a certain way and that's kind of how college is anyway that's a big difference between college and high school is there's it's not as clicky it's not as um you know you fit into one box you can kind of do your own thing yeah. and mm-hmm. so that lack of expectations helps you do that yeah no one's gonna look at you and remember that time you spilled juice on your shirt in fifth grade <laughs> or something you know yeah no one knows who you are yet so yeah. you can kind of mold make your a name own. for yourself yeah we love that. We love the we transformation love of ending college. on a good note. Yeah. So we have some examples of college content that we'll we'll discuss a little bit. Um, so let's start with Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. Um, I I think Pitch Perfect succeeded because it's not so much about the college work as much as it is the extracurriculars, and that's you know a, that's a relatively universal part of college. Most people get involved with a club or something. Yeah, definitely. I think it was like. It was relatable in the sense that, like, Anna Kendrick's character was ready to leave her home, and she was ready to do her own thing, and so she kind of took initiative in her group uh, of, you know, in her acapella group (laughs) or whatever, and, um, and, you know, she finds a romance, and she kind of, like, goes out of her own sheltered ways. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice. It's like a subtle transformation. Yeah, and it's hilarious. It's really good. I think people forget how funny Pitch Perfect is because it was like so popular when it came out that yeah. you're almost like, "Ugh, Pitch Perfect." And it's also kind of been dragged along to a yeah, you know, three-part series. Yeah, maybe? we didn't need that. Yeah. But well, <laughs> unnecessary, but we'll, we'll pretend the sequels didn't happen. Pitch Perfect though. Pitch Great Perfect, movie. good movie. It changed my life in like 6th grade. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, absolutely cups Never <laughs> yeah forget. cups oh my god the cups trend took the world by storm yeah so now the the next few movies are i guess you could group them all together we have our frat and sorority movies yes 22 jump street and neighbors and the house bunny and legally blonde it's the gender divide you've got <laughs> one and the other yeah i think you know the first two 22 jump street and uh, neighbors I never, I, I haven't seen either of those movies, I won't lie. But. I have seen Neighbors, and I can tell you that it really goes for shock value over anything else. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't, you know, bar any content. It really just shows everything. And it's it's a little intense, but it's, it's interesting to watch. Yeah, I think, yeah. see, I have seen Legally Blonde, and I've seen parts of The House Bunny, and I feel like... It, it's it's a big stigma, you yeah. Know, of like it's, all these little blonde girls in a house, and they're like, "Oh my god, he's I'm gonna, gonna be a lawyer." <laughs> yeah, but Lily Blonde's a great movie. Don't even get it me is. wrong. In the musical, slaps as well. I think all of these movies are good movies. They're just you know caricatures. A bit. Over, yeah, caricatures exactly. Yeah. Over dramatized. Yeah. 
um, some some more great movies. Some of our favorites, The Social Network. One of my absolute favorite movies. See, you can you can't really call this a college movie, but it does yeah. take place in college. Okay, Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook in during his time at Harvard. Harvard University. Um, and I it's it's such a good movie. It's such a good movie because it it really. Yeah, like you said, it's not really about college, but it shows the way he was able to, like, rise to success in the college climate while also, like, partying and, like, having fun. It's pretty yeah. interesting to see. And it's also somewhat relatable. I mean, in yeah. the beginning, he is such a terrible person to his mm-hmm. girlfriend, and she breaks up with him. And then that's how he creates Facebook, which yeah. is, feels so realistic. That's something that would totally happen, it and it did. that you can overcome adversity and <laughs> make a social media platform about rating girls. Adversity, absolutely. So our last examples are some TV shows that started out in high school and then moved to college, which isn't always the best move, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, we have Saved by the Bell, Boy Meets World, and Gilmore Girls. Um, you know, it, it could go either way. I think it's also, it's usually a stretch. It's a it's a bold move, especially TV has really evolved nowadays where there's an emphasis on TV shows with a shorter runtime. Like, five seasons nowadays is probably around the max that, like, you know, you want to make a TV show. And these ones really went the complete opposite route of drawing it out as long as possible. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it either. I think it's comforting. It's like a it's like a warm <laughs> hug. Like yeah, your favorite characters follow you throughout. I mean, Boy Meets World starts when they're in middle school. Yeah, follows you all the way up to college. Your favorite characters become adults. I also think there are probably that's probably pretty intense for the actors staying oh, on one definitely. project for that long. Yeah, it's emotional. It is. You don't want to leave. Yeah. So we're gonna wrap up this uh, this week's topic with. Uh, a nice little question what would our college movie look like what would our college movie look like well i think it would be a great deal more realistic um (laughs) quite a bit more homework yeah definitely a lot of homework um a lot of walking in bad temperatures i mean it's only october and it's already getting windy cold yeah um you know We could talk about the perils of co-ed dorming. Yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty frightening when and you hear little bathrooms. You hear a boy's voice in the hallway, and you're like, oh. "Yeah, <laughs> who is that? Who is that man?" Yeah, yeah. I think our college movie would be definitely more boring. A lot more fear, <laughs> just constant fear and anxiety. Yeah, a lot more awkward situations. Yeah. Um, I think it would be good though. It would be really good. It I would be like a situation like Booksmart or like. Ladybird. Yeah, I would love to make a movie like Booksmart. I feel like Booksmart, that was a high school movie, but I feel like that really, that was a good um, capturing of teenagers these days. And I feel like there's a big shift nowadays where realism is favored over, you know, more showy movies. So definitely. Perhaps in the near future we'll see a movie about college that's pretty realistic. I hope so. Maybe we'll write a movie about college. I hope so. <laughs> it'll be, it'll, it'll be a, an Oscar winner, I swear. <laughs> All right, so for the last few minutes of our show, we're going to go to Shannon with her her highly anticipated review of It Chapter 2. I just watched this film this week so that I could contribute to the conversation a little bit. Um, I thought it was pretty good, although I must say I have a couple complaints. Yes, let's get into it. So, It 2... Um, I'd like to add my tagline, Okay, losers, now let's get information. (laughs) So, the director of It 2 is Andy Muschietti, 
the original book written by Stephen King. Screenplay was adapted by Gary Dauberman. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, not too stellar, a 63%, Ooh. which I understand where they're coming from. I am to be a little higher, 7 out of 10. Um, so I'll give my rating at the end, but first let me give my, my reasoning behind it. I'll, I'll run you through a few categories. Firstly, the length. Uh, a little questionable. Little bloated, little bloated. It's a the overall runtime, two hours, 50 minutes. Uh, it's a little overly long, but I get it. It's a, the Stephen King book was, you know. 1,400 pages, yeah, something like that. pretty long, so. And they, and they cut stuff. And a lot so. of the times, the biggest complaints of movies about books are that they didn't include all the content, so. Yeah, so I, it's a true balancing act. I really think this was, like, grasping out for any, like, you know any extra content they could fit in the movie. Uh, and then there's, like, a, you know, a whole part in the middle. It's it's very, very long, a little unnecessary, where they kind of go back and reflect on their past. It's um, yes. a little unnecessary, but... And overall, the lore of the movie is kind of hard to grasp. Yeah. Even <laughs> despite the length. Um, it's I think, a little questionable. I, I was saying earlier that... Um, I think if you're not a Stephen King fan and you don't understand how his um, his books work, you'd be very then confused. It's a little confusing um, when when they go into the plot and why things are the way they are. Yeah. I think if you don't understand Stephen King and how whack his plots are, then it could be like this is coming out of nowhere. Like, and what I, is this? I think the um, like uh, the first movie required a lot less plot development that you had to understand because it's Definitely. a simpler plot. The second book really gets into some intricacy, or the second movie. Um, now I will get into my thoughts on the actors. Ooh, uh, let's go. First and foremost, Bill Hader as Richie. Gorgeous performance. King of comedic timing. King of emotions. He really, really killed it. He really did. I. He's the perfect Richie. He was a stellar follow-up to Finn Wolfhard's Richie. Absolutely. They really expanded on Richie's character, which was yeah. definitely a good move. A lot of people think it was a little uh, a little much, a little extra, but I, I disagree completely. I disagree. I think uh, writing in emotion and his inner struggles really made it realistic, but you have to keep it kind of, you know, upbeat. So he's the comedy guy. He has to stay yeah. funny. Um, so Bill Hader's delivery on his lines really made, made the lines work. Uh and I just like to say, I can't hype up the kid actors enough. I really think <laughs> they do such a phenomenal job, even in a Absolutely. movie where they aren't the first, they're like the secondary thought. They still draw my attention. Exactly. They are so incredible. I cannot get over how incredible they are. Um, and I think that's another reason why I didn't love the second movie as much as the first, was the kid actors have such a raw talent and they give such a raw performance Whereas the adult actors, it's a little harder to follow, especially when it's such big names like James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain. It's hard to really get into the story. Yeah, it's hard to really capture the uh, the heart of the tale. Exactly. Some final notes on the uh, the actors here. Bill Hader's performance really stands out, but I'd like to say the other adult actors all do a pretty good job too. For the most part, For the most I part. agree. Um, I I don't know the name of the actor, but the the man who plays Eddie. Ooh, um, yes. I, I thought he was incredible. Very uh, good. Eddie is such a distinct character, and he really captures the the essence of him, especially um, considering what 
the original child actor did. I think it's a really good continuation of the it's arc. It's really consistent. Yeah. And James McAvoy, he did uh, he did all right. His uh his accent, his American accent, while it wasn't terrible, it was kind of distracting knowing that his real accent is so thick. It's disappointing to not like a James McAvoy performance, but I can't say I was delighted. I thought he and I don't know if this is his fault or just the casting in general, but I feel like the character of Bill is so soft-spoken, yeah. a, a silent leader, and James McAvoy just brought a big, um, a manly, masculine energy to it that I just didn't feel. But I, that could have been done by anyone, by any adult actor. Yeah. So. Although I will say, he did the stutter very, very well. Yeah, the stutter really grounded the performance. And of course, the glue that connects it all, Bill Skarsgård, he oh, kills it per usual. He kills usual. it, of course. His voice acting alone, He's terrifying. so creepy. And speaking of Bill Skarsgård, uh, let's move on to the effects in the movie. Oh, yes. Now, overall, the effects were pretty unsettling. I They were pretty good. Pretty um, frightening. The movie's still definitely more of a thriller than a horror, but the effects drive it closer. Um, yeah. There, there was some imagery of a leper that was kind of frightening. and um, Yeah, there's a lot of um, creepy people. It's not yeah. just Pennywise that freaks you out. It's all of the people infected by him. Yeah. But then again, some of the imagery is even, like, comical. Yes. Which is such that- an interesting parallel in a, in a horror film starring a clown. Yes, because is- you have to keep it... You have to keep it upbeat, kind of, because yeah. it's about the literal circus, and sometimes comedy can take such a such a terrifying turn i'll get into comedy in a second but well like i was gonna say some of the jump scares were a little cheesy some of the effects were goofy but like you know they were goofy in the first movie so um the overall vibe lacked some of the um the fun lightheartedness of the first movie and i think that's also due to the lack of children yeah you know there there are a lot of good details in this movie like if you look in the background you might see something you weren't looking for you know yeah you gotta pay close attention and in my own opinion some of the romance was a little much oh my god the, the love triangle yeah a little forced but yeah i don't know how to feel about that one i think um i knew a, where i stood in the first movie but the second movie had me a little confused the first movie it was cute because it was like naive young love but yeah. you know and then but then they forced it a little bit i think they didn't develop that enough but i guess there wasn't really enough time yeah um, disappointing. So the comedy, uh, the comedy is a big criticism of really? the movie. Yes, um, I personally enjoyed the comedy. I thought there were some solid your mom jokes. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, the scene in the Chinese restaurant, I thought a phenomenal was comedy, definitely very good. But a lot of critics do say that the comedy is a little immature. I personally think it's just the writers trying to uh, keep that childlike. Yeah, energy. I, I agree definitely. I think because when they come back together after 27 years i think there's no doubt that they're gonna revert back to who they were as children i think it seems unlikely but that's a coping mechanism is regression back into who you were when you were with those people especially um in these people who have kind of forgotten about their youth they've probably spent their whole life longing to go back to their youth so it kind of it brings them back yeah i I, think that the comedy was fine i respect the comedy and even some of the horror aspects like we said were comical yeah and i can respect that that. um and i would like to point out that the boy band references do stay in the second movie (laughs) we got a little bit of a ben's obsession in the first one there's a little more in the second one so be on the lookout for that and i'm going to end my review before my rating with some of the quotes i liked 
one of the quotes I liked is um, sometimes we wish or sometimes we are what we wish we could forget. Ooh. I really like that one. Um, yeah. That's in the very that, beginning of um, the movie. Oh, that, was that not Stanley's part? No, that's not Stanley's part. It's in the very beginning. Um, and then there's this is a quote I really think summarizes the movie in a way. It says, we'll always be friends. I don't think that just goes away because we get older. And that's from younger Aww. Bill. I think that really like personifies the feeling of youth when you yeah. think you're going to be friends forever. Yeah, you don't really want to think about a future without your friends. And a lot of people our age have that same feeling like in high school you think you're gonna stay in contact all the time and then because when you're 12 kind of that's all you know is exactly. friendship and it's and scary to think about in those people yeah and then the best quote of the movie hands down for me is a little speech that stan gives this is the one i was young stan about. gives um and it's very long so i'm not gonna read the whole thing but i'll read the first sentence today i'm supposed to become a man it's funny though Everybody, I think, has some memories they're prouder of than others. And maybe that's why change is so scary. Because the things we wish we could leave behind, the whispers we wish we could silence, the nightmares we wish we could wake up from, and etc. Yeah. It's just, it's such a beautiful... It's a really nice quote. And I feel like it's an ongoing theme in the movie is that you can't really escape who you are when you're a child because that's just who you are. Yeah. I feel like when you grow older, you tend to hide a lot of the parts of you that you don't want other people to see. Yeah. But there's no hiding it. Like when James McAvoy's stutter comes back. Yeah. You know, you can't... You are who you are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh-huh. my final final quote uh, is just the simple, plain and old, losers stick together. Uh, they sure do. They do. So overall, I gave the movie a uh, about three and a half stars. I would Ooh, say rough. Yeah, rough. well, because I gave the I would give the first movie four probably. So is this out of five? Yes, out of five. Okay. Yes, out of five. Um, I think this movie held some of the essence. It was a strong, strong follower to the first movie, but not quite the same level of polish. Definitely, it wasn't. It wasn't as iconic as the first movie, yeah. which is usually how it goes. Yeah, you can't expect too much from a sequel, but I really Indeed. respect their attempts. Yes. So as we go down on the hour i'd just like to give a little shout out to someone listening at home uh liana we're here for you uh we miss you so much uh and we hope that you listen in next week um so yeah uh that's it all right so tune in next week when we discuss hollywood's greatest horror films and how they've evolved up until this point in 2019 We'll be here Friday at 2.30 on EC Radio. We're the Flick Chicks, and we hope you have a great night. Take it away, Frankie.